0: Welcome back. Coming up next is Faith and Queerness by the Stonewall Democratic Club. Host uh, Matt Hayes has a conversation with faith leaders and guests are Reverend Denise Barnes, Annie Zondveld, Pastor Nicole Garcia, Keola Whitaker, Tony Scott, Rabbi Denise Egger, and Drew Stever.
1: Well, happy Pride Month to my siblings of the LGBTQIA plus community. My name is Matt Hayes and I'm so excited to bring the conversation of faith and queerness to the airways of Southern California and beyond right here on KPFK 90.7 FM. Uh, You know, many of us under the rainbow come from religious upbringings, but most of those religious upbringings have left us growing up with a negative view on all things religion. Uh, But today I am so humbled to be joined by these seven religious leaders and teachers who agreed to participate on this panel. The first is the newly ordained Reverend Denise Barnes, uh, who just got ordained, uh, what, two days ago, Denise? Is that right? A few days ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, and Denise is with us from Hollywood United Methodist Church uh, here in Los Angeles. And that church is known in the city to be um, a beacon for the queer community where they have the large AIDS ribbon on the bell tower. And um, so anyone who drives through Hollywood sees this church and knows about it. Um, and many of you have congregations that are and buildings that actually have that um, same awareness in the city. But uh, Denise, yeah, I'm just happy to have you here today.
2: Thanks so much Matt, I'm pleased to be here with you, yeah. excited to be ordained as a, in full connection as a member of a church that does not accept queer clergy, no. um, and all that entails, so it was a kind of a landmark occasion on Saturday, and also should point out that I'm the LGBT advocacy coordinator for the CalPAC annual, annual conference of the United Methodist Church, a position which there is only two of us in the whole world, Wow! that work for the, um, for the church.
1: Wow, well... I'm honored to know you and honored to have you here. Uh, Moving on, we've got Rabbi Denise Ager, who founded Congregation Kol here in West Hollywood, uh, which is a Jewish synagogue seeking to serve both gay and non-gay Jews. She is the first openly gay person to serve as the president of the Central Conference of American Rabbis, which um, to someone who's not Jewish may not know the importance of of what that title means um, in that organization. But why don't you tell us, um, equate that for us, who may not know a lot about the and the Jewish patriarchy.
3: <laughs> yeah. Hi, hi, Matt, and hi, friends. Oh, I'm so glad to be with you. Yes, um, I'm the founding rabbi of Kol in West Hollywood, which means Voice of My People. And we like to think it's a particularly queer voice. And uh, we are also, uh, I was the first openly gay or lesbian president of this organization, which is the International Organization of Liberal Reform Rabbis. Um, and it, it's, the organization's over 160 years old. Um, it's the oldest uh, rabbinical association that there is, and um, it was quite an honor. And, and Judaism doesn't have a pope, and we don't have those kind of bishops like the, the Methodist Church or, or, or others, uh, but this is the, one of the highest positions that a rabbi can attain in the Jewish world. And um, I had the privilege of traveling the world to spread that message of inclusion and welcome and love uh, for a couple of years.
1: That's fantastic. I'm so happy to have you here and to to offer your voice um, to the masses. Uh, Next up on my panel, we have the Reverend Nicole Garcia, M-A-L-P-C. And um, Pastor, I'm gonna have you tell me what those letters mean in a second. (laughs) Nicole is the pastor of Westview Church in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, She's also a therapist and clinical supervisor with the Umbrella Collective in Boulder. So tell us what that means, Nicole.
4: So uh, the Reverend, means that I've been ordained to Word and Sacrament in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and has been called to be uh, the pastor at Westview Church. The MA is I have a master's in counseling from CU Denver, and I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Colorado. And with the Umbrella Collective, um, our group works primarily with individuals in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, Most, I think all of our therapists, we all identify somewhere in the um, queer community. And... um, I also am training young therapists, helping them get their LPC as a clinical supervisor.
1: Fantastic, well, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for for lending your time and voice. Uh, Next on my list is Tony Scott, who served in senior leadership for one of the largest African-American-led evangelical ministries in the country with over 30,000 church members and a faith-based marketing expert in Hollywood from Engage People, that's N-G-A-G-E, People. Uh, Tony, are you allowed to say um, what that congregation was? Um, Tell us more.
5: (laughs) I'll keep that quiet for now, but but yes, uh, I'm Tony Scott, thank you Matt for inviting me here to the panel and greetings to the rest of the panel here. Yes, Tony Scott, I'm a licensed and ordained elder, I've worked in evangelical ministry for the last 15 years, maybe overall 20 years in ministry. And from being in leadership in the world's largest gay and lesbian church to a whole paradigm shift to working for one of the largest evangelical ministries in the country. So, I've seen a lot far and in between and I am looking forward to this discussion.
1: I, I know you've seen and experienced a lot and I'm, I'm thankful to, to have you here as well because I think that is what validates all of us being here is our experience um, in one form or another. Uh, next is uh, Drew Stever. Is it Stever or Stever? Am I saying it right?
6: It's Stever, yeah. Perfect.
1: Thank you. I'm so sorry. I should have checked that. Drew Stever um, and is a candidate for ordination in the Southwest California Synod of the ELCA and is waiting for a congregation to call him as their pastor. So if you all know anybody, give us a call.
6: Call me. Yeah. And it's a Southwest California Synod.
1: I can't say anything right today. Thank you for, for clearing that up. <laughs>
6: want <laughs> um, Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Denise, for the connection. It's good to see Nicole here, too. We're in the ELCA together, and Nicole is a, a part of a, I guess you could call it a cohort of other trans-ordained pastors in the ELCA that is growing. Um, there should always be more queer people of faith. So, yes. thanks. I'd be
1: here. Amen. Yes. Happy to have you. Thanks for being here. All right, next is my friend Kayla Whitaker, who serves as the president of First Unitarian Universalist Church of Los Angeles, which is a lay-led congregation in the center of L.A. Uh, Now, I'm really grateful to have his voice in this dialogue. I also want you all to know that he's the only person I know who rivals my Golden Girls trivia knowledge and paraphernalia collection. Um, That's a whole other radio show, which um, we can link to later. But um, so he's a wealth of knowledge, not just... Um, secular and non-secular. So I'm glad you're here, Gaila.
4: (laughs) Uh, Thanks, that's the best introduction, Matt. Um, So I I think I might be the only non-clergy member here. Um, We certainly have uh, ministers in a Unitarian Universalist faith. My church in particular has decided three years ago to be purposely lay led. Um, So we have uh, rotating speakers and uh, both uh, lay people and um, clergy from various faiths, and we believe that having these various voices lead us towards uh, a responsible search uh, for truth and meaning. Um, and we've had an LGBT group at our church since at least 1979. I'm working on putting together uh, a history of that group.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. That's uh, I cannot wait to read that. Um, thank you so much for being here. I know that you're also crazy, like in the middle of trying to move, and like you've got some life shifts. So. Thank you for being here and cutting out some time for us. And next is a a new acquaintance of mine. And I'm so excited to hear, to learn more about you, Ani. But um, Ani Zonneveld is a writer, singer-songwriter, founder and president of Muslims for Progressive Values, which is an international human rights organization that advocates for social justice and equality for all, Uh, a strong supporter of freedom and expression and of conscious women's rights, and as an ally, LGBTQ rights. Welcome, Ani, and thank you so much for being here with us.
7: You too. Yes, uh, I have been a strong supporter, staunch supporter of LGBTQ rights since uh, Denise and I started working on marriage equality back, you know, back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So that's uh, it. It was a new uh, trajectory for me in in my personal life, which then became part of MPB's uh, mission to be inclusive and loving and to. Um, to advocate for LGBT rights in the context of Islam. So it's a, it's a huge topic.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm so thankful to have you driving that force and to hear more about what you have to say today. Um, each of you represent um, religions and trains of thought and faith journeys or, or non-faith journeys. Um, so I'm really excited to dive into this first question. I'm gonna put my own struggle with faith on blast here, but. You know, the loudest voices that we're hearing are doing a major disservice to your religions. I mean, you look at the Christian community and you've got Pat Robertson and Jerry Falwell Jr. and countless others who are doing an insane amount of harm to the very love that their religion purports to have and offer. So how do you, each of you, continue participating in your own religion or faith when there's people that seem to demonize you within it? Okay, I'll, come on, I'll Rabbi. pick it,
3: John, and then I think Tony ought to address this because some of those folks are that his wheelhouse that he's <laughs> he's working on. Um, you know, first of all, as a Jewish person, often those same voices are anti-Semitic voices, yes. let's be really clear. Yep. They're also anti-people of color voices, very, some very often. Um, and, so, and, and we know, as Ani so beautifully framed for us, uh, also anti-Muslim voices. Uh, the press loves to go to those people as somehow they're the authentic voice of Bible because that's what sells paper and that's what sells media. Uh, but, but the truth of the matter is, um, is that there are many more embracing and welcoming communities for queer folks than frankly, than there are those built on hatred and, and being bigots and racist and anti-Semites. Um, and, and, uh, i think i think it really is important for those of us who come from embracing and welcoming inclusive traditions um who have who are on the cutting edge and on the forefront um, have to at every every moment continue to show the light and the love that are in our teachings and in our faith as authentic and we have we owe ourselves the duty to not only speak, but to write more, to place op-eds more, and we need our gay press, frankly. We need the gay press's help in lifting this up. Um, I understand that so many gay folks have been beat up by the Bible, by religion, by the Torah, by the Quran, and feel that way, feel excluded, but no, not necessary to do that anymore. But uh, we have to love ourselves and advocate for ourselves. That's what we learned from our brothers and sisters, especially during the height of the AIDS crisis, that we had to be our own advocates. No one was going to help us, including the government. And we see that now again in this pandemic. Um, And I know Tony really has uh, a lot to say about this because this is his wheelhouse advising people on religion.
1: Come on, Rabbi. That, I, that, you Thank answered you. about three of my next questions all, all on my paper. So, but yeah, come on, Tony, Tell keep, uh, keep this conversation going.
5: i to follow that. That was so good, Rabbi. But no, she's absolutely right. You know, I think just what we're doing here, having community, having these conversations is a start. Uh, sadly, and not to say that it's not deserved, there's a lot of apathy that I see in in the queer community towards faith. And it's rightly important, but I think we need more positive examples, like all of us gathered here, showing them the way. And to the loud mouths on the other side who think that they own God, that they have a license to God, that they control God, that they think God. If you think you can define God, then you're not worshiping God, you're not following God. God is way too big, you know? And I don't like to get pulled into silly arguments. one of the things I learned long ago is that sometimes you're just too big to let little get you. Mm. And I think having these conversations and even when I do speak with people who have issues and they, you know, they're they're, you know, screaming from their pulpits is that we come to them with truth. And the truth of the gospel is so simple that the church has made it complicated. And I could get into some deep theology here, but we have a problem of a church that's stuck between covenants. You know, either you're going to be under the old covenant or you could be under this new covenant with grace, but there's this mixture going on. So people are battering, you know, beating up people with scriptures that don't even apply to us in a new custom, in a new covenant and a grace environment. So, and I think just getting out there with truth, that's, that's going to be a perfect start. And I turn it over to Drew. Yes. I, I want to
1: say
7: something.
1: Honey.
5: Oh, yeah. Go ahead,
7: Annie. Okay, um, I, I want to say that I think that uh, with, all, um, with all the demonstrations that's happening and even in the LGBT community, there's a lot of um, hatred towards people of faith. And I noticed that with m- Muslim gay uh, folks who uh, go to the LGBT center, for example, for support, you know, it's not a very faith friendly environment. So I think it's important for people of faith and clergy and leadership uh, or lay leaders, for example, to be at the forefront. Of this, uh, all Black Lives Matter, and for LGBT rights, and for them to take back that space from the right wing religious side. And I think on, on the media, and as far as I you know, I got bashed up a lot, you, you know, from within the Muslim community, um, you know, uh, for supporting LGBT rights. And I still do, but to a lesser degree. But the media has a, a is, is really. At fault here because if you looked at the way media reports on islam you would think that the majority of american muslims are actually like equivalent to the orthodox jews ultra-orthodox jews even which is actually so furthest from the truth because only 72 um 72 percent of american muslims do not attend mosque 72 percent of american muslims find spiritual inspiration outside the mosque so these people that are attending the mosque that get all the media attention they are such a minority in America, and the many times, even public media, that whenever I get interviewed, oftentimes I'm left in the cutting uh, floor, on the cutting floor because I'm not Muslim enough, because I don't dress with a hijab and I don't sound like your typical orthodox Muslim. And see, that's the stereotype, that's the storyline the media wants to report. And like you know, Raghav Janice was saying, you know, we need the LGBT media to come out and be more supportive of faith voices, affirming faith voices.
1: Yes, yes. Wow. Um. So, what, what do you, does anyone have to want to? Oh, yeah, yeah. Please, Drew. Come on. I mean. And then
2: yeah,
6: oh, yeah. I I was just thinking. Um. So there's this image, Jesus being crucified on the cross, and the criminals are next to him on either side, and the words he says is, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." And Jesus, this poor brown man, representing, I think, a non-normative way of being in community with each other a very queer way of being together and he's being tortured and killed. And he's asking God to forgive the people who are killing him to forgive them because they don't know what the hell they're doing. (laughs) They don't know. They don't know who it is they're killing. They don't know that they are killing God. And I just think about that when someone is like spewing hate into the world, like, Oh, there's so much fear behind that. There's so much anger and there's so much not knowing you just don't know. So I try to be. I try to like see it through that lens, and I also think about like we need to talk about it amongst ourselves, in communities, in queer spaces. One thing that I, uh, my partner and I started this summer was Quarantine Camp. It's a online um, camp, interfaith camp for LGBTQ plus youth, and it's all faiths. But a lot of the the youth that are at camp say that like they were raised Christian, but they're like not into it anymore, or they were straight up screwed over by Christianity. Um, or they're just curious about paganism, Islam, Judaism, all faiths. And we're talking about it with each other because I think a lot of folks in the queer community, we have learned that the church institutionally is not the place for us, right. As like a large scale. So we create church in more smaller settings. So we talk about it amongst ourselves. Um,
1: yeah oh
0: you're, yeah this is PrideCast live an 11-hour special pride program on kpfk 90.7 fm i am vic gerami and you're listening to faith and queerness by matt hayes
1: i want to i'm gonna go down the rabbit hole with this quarantine camp too because that sounds so intriguing to me uh reverend denise what would you like to say about this
2: well i just i'm gonna piggyback off of what drew was saying really but I think the problem is that, you know, the problem with society right now is systemic racism, is systemic patriarchy, is every system we exist in is built for the white man. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And church is the same and organized religion is the same and it doesn't provide what people need. And it's up to people like us who are already pushing the boundaries of that organized religion to start helping figure out how do we dismantle all of these systems and build new ones that are, are based on more fair and equitable round tables where everybody gets a place and, and an equal voice
1: how do we accomplish that uh, oh sorry i thought you
2: Great question. I have no idea how we are coming. Great. That.
1: That's
2: <laughs> what Jesus came to do, right? Jesus came and said, this did not work. Don't follow this Roman pyramid structure that they've developed. Don't do that. Push against it. It's the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. We need to be changing and, and working with human human beings and humanity and beloved children of God and not just this pyramid scheme. And yet we didn't do that. And, and that's what we need to do. And, and I don't know. I'm right at the start of thinking right. about how to that but these people around this table are the ones that need to be going forward because we've already started doing that
1: mm-hmm. so that that kind of leads to my next uh killer go ahead yeah sorry i just want to hop in here to say that what i try to remind
4: people is that when you do surveys of people of various based backgrounds they're a lot more accepting of lgbt people than the press would have us believe yeah you'll see majorities of every single religion support anti-discrimination laws like like what just happened in the supreme court and that's true even of of christian evangelicals um, in addition somebody mentioned that I, and i just want to highlight this uh, about writing op-eds um, i just went to a training uh, that was sort of geared towards the religious left about, about um you know writing op-eds because because so often when the press is looking for the other side, in terms of LGBT issues, they go to faith leaders, but by doing that, they ignore a majority of people of faith who are who don't believe those things. And so, it's up to us to get in the press and to write those op-eds from a di- different uh, religious
1: point of view. Yeah, I mean, everyone's kind of led to this next question. So, the um, and two people here are actually part of a denomination with the word evangelical in the title. Um, but for me, uh, the word evangelical is. little triggering um as it is for a lot of people i think um i you know being raised christian i think um you know and there's maybe a snippet of this in all the major religions but there's a bit of of exclusivity um that is a cornerstone of a lot of major religions especially the three that are represented here so um how do we i mean come together in an interfaith um way where we recognize truths as being um you know whole truths for for individuals how, how do we um, do that without i guess disservicing our own religion does that make sense
5: well, i love that question cuz i i get that question all the time and i always refer back to when when Jesus took communion he took the bread and he broke it and he distributed it and i i equate that to being the truth i think everybody has a piece of the truth but no one should lay claim to having all the truth. And we will never know the full truth till we bring all the pieces back together again. So that's hmm. how I approach that topic. And I agree with you because I don't like the evangelical title. I don't even call myself a Christian. I call myself a believer.
1: Right. Was well, there um, in our sign offs, can everyone just say again, um, who you are, where you represent and, and where we can find you online? Uh, we'll go again, alphabetically. So Reverend Denise.
2: Yes, hey, so I'm Reverend Denise Founds. I'm the Associate Pastor at Hollywood United Methodist Church and the LGBTQIA Advocacy Coordinator for the California Pacific Conference of the United Methodist Church. Um, you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Um, and yeah, reach out. I'd love to have a conversation with anyone who wants to talk.
1: And she's telling the truth because she's been an ear for a lot of my own uh, questions and, and tumult. She, uh, she actually, she inspired... Uh, a character in a film that I wrote, uh, cause when I first went to Hollywood, I went for an Easter service one time um, and, and saw you speak and thought, this is not like any church that I've ever experienced before. Um, so I, I'm so grateful for your for your uh, addition to my life. Um, and now all of you are in that same pocket. Um, I'm, I feel like you're gonna get like some drunk messages from me being like, okay, what do you think about this? At like two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Um, so just get ready (laughs) i just want you to know uh rabbi denise tell us where we can find you
3: Uh, i'm the senior rabbi and founding rabbi of congregation kolomi in west hollywood california you can find us at labray and lexington we're online at kol-ami.org you can find me on twitter and instagram and facebook at at Denise Ager on Twitter and uh, at Rabbi Ager on uh, Facebook and uh, on Instagram at Rabbi Denise Ager. So I look forward to engaging and I wanna just thank all my colleagues here on on this conversation and you Matt, because this is really lifting up the light for our queer community and our allied friends and family. And uh, this is what we need more of and wanna thank you very much for convening us.
1: Oh my gosh, my pleasure. I'm so glad to have y'all here. Um, Reverend Nicole.
3: Well, Nicole
4: Garcia, I am pastor of Westview Church in Boulder, Colorado. Um, hence, our, our uh, online presence is uh, westviewbolder.org.
1: Great. All right, alphabet, let me think. Um, it's going to be um, Tony, you're next.
5: <laughs> I'm Tony Scott, and I'm a writer, speaker, and entrepreneur. And you can reach me at Twitter at Mr. Tony Scott. Or you can reach me at my writing page, engagepeople.com. That's N-G-A-G-E, people.com. Engage without the E in front. And I just want to say that I've really enjoyed our time here. And I have a lot of writing projects coming up because the minute I left the church, I left the church to do exactly what we're doing here. Hmm. And I've got a lot of controversial books, at least controversial for the far-right people, coming up because it's like I've been just so inundated with people like yourself, Matt, who just want to know the truth and they just want to know, you know, what's required to have a relationship to God. And I'm totally committed to that. So if anybody out there feels like they are excluded or God doesn't love you or you aren't welcome, that is just an absolute lie. And I can prove it to you in the Bible.
1: Oh, great. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for your heart. Um, And Drew, you're next and I'm a cultivator. So let me cultivate uh, Drew, who will soon be ordained by a church and called to a congregation, um, where can we find you?
6: Thank you. Yeah, I'm Drew Stever. I'm a candidate for ordination in the Southwest California Synod. A we'll waiting call from a congregation uh, who needs a pastor. Call me, email me, I'll give you my number. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find Quarantine Camp on Facebook. It's spelled queer, A N T Camp. Um, I guess I am on Instagram, but I don't use it as much because I guess I'm not cool. Facebook isn't cool anymore, I guess. That's what I hear. That
1: is what I hear, too. Um, I got rid of mine recently, uh, so I'm going through withdrawal currently. But um, All right, Kaola, tell us where we can find you. So I'm Kaola Whitaker. You can find uh, our church at
4: UULA.org. Um And uh, my email address can be found there. And I'm also on Twitter at M-R-K-E-O-L-A.
1: Great, thank you. And Ani? Oh, I think you're muted, Ani. You there?
7: Yes, Ani Zanobald. Ani, um, founder and president of Muslims for Progressive Values. Uh, You can find me on Facebook. I'm very active there, Ani Zanobald. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, But follow um, Muslims for Progressive Values uh, or hashtag uh, MPVUSA for all the work that we do.
0: Great.
1: And I'm Matt Hayes. You can't really find me on social media anymore, uh, but you can find me on my website, uh, matthayes.com, M-A-T-H-A-Y-E-S.com. If not there, chances are any donut shop in the 9028 zip Mm -hmm. code, you can find me at too. Um, but I really, I'm going to be, I mean, Nicole, you're more of a schlep for me, uh, but everyone, and, and Tony, I know you're a little bicoastal, but everyone else who is in LA, like, get ready for um, a new fan and stalker, because I'm just enamored with all of you. Um, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, be well, and let's help our community uh, be better by offering the truth that you all exhibit and live by. Thank you all so much. I love you.
0: That was Faith and Queerness with Matt Hayes, a conversation with faith leaders. Thank you, Matt. KPFK is Southern California's only independent, progressive radio station. We are non-commercial and listener supported. We do not take money from corporations so they don't dictate our programming. That means we depend on you for our funding. You help us stay on the air. Right now, we need your help. Please contribute today to help make programs such as Pridecast Live and my show, The Blunt Post with Vic, possible. Go to kpfk.org and contribute today. Thank you.
3: Because you